And if you ever have a chance to lick a coyote on the nose, I would really recommend it as an outdoor activity. You should have seen that fish run. And I was like, man, first off, don't ever buy a gun at Stop and Go. And if you do, don't buy it for 20 <laughs> You're like a superstar because everybody who's on the jetties watching comes down and wants to take a picture with your fish. Like they want to hold the fish and act like they caught it. And then they like are clapping and everything whenever you reel the fish in. I never saw a purple cow. I never hoped to see one. But I can tell you anyhow, I'd rather see than be one. Howdy folks, welcome to episode 17 of the Coastal Advocacy Adventures podcast. In this episode, we meet up with Matt Agorda Matt, Steve Brown, and Sean Porsche at K6 Island Sports in Jamaica Beach. If you've been following the podcast, then Matt Agorda Matt should be a familiar name to you. Matt's a hell of a fishing and hunting guide operating out of, well, Matt Agorda, of course. You can check out Matt at cappedmatagordamat.com that's c-a-p-t-m-a-t-a-g-o-r-d-a mat.com so matt texted me a few weeks back and recommended that we do a podcast with steve brown which was a great idea and the brown name is another one that should be familiar to any angler that loves to throw artificial and catch big trout well steve son of paul brown is carrying on the family tradition of creating innovative plastic bakes like the broken back corky, the peanuts, the rattle flap, bug eyes, and he even has some of the classic style shrimp tails or soft plastics that we like to use. Now you can purchase Steve's high quality lures from K6 Island Sports there in Jamaica Beach or online at k6islandsports.com. And Sean was the uh, proprietor there, and she was kind enough to let us record this podcast inside of the store. And she even jumps in to tell us more about this awesome shop where you can find some of the unique fishing tackle, gear, apparel. You can rent golf carts, kayaks, paddleboards, surfboards, and just about anything you'd need to complete your island experience. So I would definitely stop in if you're driving down the Blue Water Highway. Stop in and say hello to Sean, Arthur, or any of the K6 staff. They were great hosts for this podcast, and I know they're going to treat you guys right. Thanks to Matt, Steve, and Sean for making this happen. I, I think we're going to do it again later, maybe late this summer or early fall, with some of those crazy West End anglers, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Just a couple of announcements before we get rolling. The Matagorda Bay Chapter Banquet is June 29th in Ocampo. June 29th. The Southwestern Chapter Banquet is July 21st in Uvalde, and the Galveston Chapter Banquet is July 29th. So you have three opportunities in the next uh, two months, at least three opportunities, to attend some great banquets across the state. Also, mark your calendars for September 9th. The CCA Concert will again be at the Sam Houston Raceway Park, and we have a great lineup for you guys. You do not want to miss this party, folks. We have Eli Young, Roger Krager, Reckless Kelly, and the one and only Mr. Ray Wiley Hubbard. Be on the lookout for the announcement in your next edition of Currents. Stay tuned to the CCA website. You can also try to be a winning bidder to sit under the VIP tent during the concert. So just pay attention to the live auction at the next banquet you attend. There's a good chance they'll have that opportunity for you to bid on that item and sit under the VIP tent. If you don't get that winning bid, like I said, pay attention to the currents, pay attention to the website, and be on the lookout for details on how you can purchase tickets. One final thing, if you're a CCA Texas member, please pay attention to your email inbox. We're going to be contacting you in July for opportunities to speak at public hearings on the Texas Parks and Wildlife proposals regarding the management of public oyster reefs. Just listen to episode 16 of the podcast to learn more about those proposals. Thank you all for subscribing. Uh, please share this podcast with your friends. Share it on social media. Help us spread the word.
uh, we appreciate it. All right, enough of me talking. Let's listen in to Matt, Steve, and Sean. Mud. All right, folks, welcome to the Coastal Advocacy Adventures podcast. We're at K6 Island Sports in Jamaica Beach, Texas, down here on the West End. And we've got our uh, returning star guest, Matagorda Matt. Hey, how you doing, guys? And um, the legendary Steve Brown. <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> Thanks, guys, for uh, for setting this up. Um, this is my first time into this shop. And the the owner here, Sean, has got a really neat, neat space. Um, great selection of brown lures. Got fishing tackle, fishing gear. You can do rentals. Sean, good morning. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this place? Good morning. Uh, K6 Island Sports is your number one spot on Galveston Island for fishing, tackle, and gear. Uh, we have a wide variety of, of things that uh, you need to fish Galveston Bay and beyond. We have some stuff for fishing the surf. Uh, we've got all of Steve's lures, and we can also uh, rent you golf carts or paddle boards or kayaks. How long have you have y'all been here? We've been here just over three years. Cool, cool. This is this is neat. Like you said, you've got Yeti gear, shirts, merchandise, apparel. Probably uh, the one of the larger selections of Steve's lures that yes, that you could find anywhere. It's uh, about the only place. <laughs> uh, she's got them all right here in the shop, and every color and pretty much every every style that we have right now. We've even uh, this past weekend I made about seventeen hundred soft tails. The old where it all began with the shrimp tail and the big shrimp tail and two different sizes mullet and a sea devil and a split tail worm that we've had for a while. I'm really looking forward to hearing about that whole process and uh, uh, the ins and outs of lure making and the goods and the bads. So. It, uh, um. it 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 has its moments. <laughs> it definitely has its moments. But uh, we've been doing this. Dad's been doing this since '72, when they couldn't find shrimp and decided to make some out of plastic, and actually stumbled across the original, like first ever shrimp mold. It was two pieces of plaster of Paris that they had plaster casted this this wooden cutout that my dad made. And, it was a, it's a one hole, just one at a time, with a hot plate and a, a uh, little tin pan full of plastic. And we've come a long way from one at a time, <laughs> thank goodness. Now we're using a uh, injection machine that shoots me out 24 at, at a time, and you're still, you know, 100% hands-on. Yes. Yeah. And it's since Dad's uh, decided to retire for about the 30th time of his life, uh, enjoy the. The water down there, they're down in Lake Charles on the Homo Bay that we can catch redfish and trout in the backyard. And he's got a little kayak that he goes out on, so he's he's out there playing, and I'm in the shop uh, working. So let's start back at the beginning. Um, you know, how old were you as as a kid when you first remember your dad getting into the into oh, the lure man, business? I was probably eight or nine years old, and uh, I just been sitting in the shop since I was about 10, watching stuff and pouring and, you know, trying to earn. He'd pay us, you know, for whatever we worked. He'd pay us, you know, a couple cents per per bait and he'd get out there and work as hard as he can and make as much money as he can. And we always, uh, you know, we 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 strive on having something that's a quality product for, for the guys out there. If we, if it's not good enough for, for me to use it, you know, if it's not perfect, it's not going out. We'll use the ones with the blemishes on them. They, they fish the same. They just don't all look the same. Yeah. So we, uh, we've been pouring, you know, Dad started with that shrimp tail. And it's funny, the uh, very first tournament where they were giving a boat away, um, Mr. Bubba Silver was using one of Dad's shrimp tails and uh, actually caught the big trout and won the, Boston Whaler with the cool, old, you know, Boston Whaler with the trailer and the motor <laughs> and all the stickers, and he uh, kind of really took off after that. Uh, Dad started creating new and different um, shad and shrimp, and, and, uh, and just watching him cut one out of he carves them out of wood, makes a, a positive, and then 
started making molds from there and uh you know we just kept innovating you know trying something new we're still doing that you know we've got the uh rattle flap that's a soft plastic bait it was just a tail at first and we put a head in it and and i said you know why don't we do a rattle in there so we had to do some redesigning of the molds and and make the make enough space in there so that the the lead didn't poke out the side and, and i think it does pretty well i mean sean's uh always beating me up to make more of them so <laughs> <laughs> they must sell pretty good then i assume that they yeah, yeah they uh it's, it's one of my favorite baits to fish with this you know it's a pretty simple bait but i spray all of those uh you know with the different colors i could do the broken backs and in the the rattle or the uh the bug eyes all those are hand painted and everybody gets involved mom mom still does the eyeballs every once in a while she'll she'll come out and, and she paints the eyeballs on each one and uh and uh so walk walk through the process real quick i mean go you already mentioned making the making the molds and 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 a little you talked a little bit about pouring but just go through step by step what's involved and how much labor goes in Oh man! To, to on each, these well, on the uh, on the soft tails, it's basically just you're 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 heating the plastic up and, and you're you're injecting it in the mold. And you pull it out, and afterwards, we would hang them on these racks that we have these ancient old racks that hold twenty four at a time, and dunk the tails and let them dry. And then the next day, you go and bag them up. But the broken back, that jointed bait, that's the one that's a that's a bit of labor intensive there. Um, it's got a wire body structure inside of it that actually all of my products, everything that's in my product, my, my bait is all, it's all sourced here in America. It's my wires come from a place up North and, uh, the, uh, tape comes from a place here in Texas. I'm all, my plastic all comes from, from here and, and, uh, I, uh. We bend those wires, each one of them, and uh, they have to be perfect to perfectly lay inside the mold, or it's gonna it's gonna foul the the uh, the bait. It's not gonna come out proper. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just load them in the I load them in the machine. Every two minutes, you got to feed the machine the mold. It's these big aluminum plates, and put it in there, and you pump the color out, and and uh, you pull them out, and then we would go into the shop with that that bait and. Mom would put the eyeballs on them, <clears throat> and then I would uh, I'd hang them up and and then hand paint each one of them with an the airbrush. Then we have a final process that we do, and then you let them sit overnight and dry, and then the next day you bag them up and bring them to Sean. So when you hand paint, you got <laughs> you know different colors with, yeah. within a lure. How do you how do you do that? I mean, how do you well, the, you well, tape either, them or you just no? You know, it's all it's freehand. A, it's all man. freehand. Yeah, pretty simple looking. Uh, airbrush. I mean, it's just a glass jar with the. We finally got a one that's kind of looks semi-professional. Well, before we were shooting with some Hobby Lobby plastic, push the knob and the paint shot out. You know, and uh -huh. now we've got one that took me a while. Dad loved it, but I hated it because it was too you know too elaborate. You had to push down, and you could vary the airflow. But now I love it, and it's it's opened up a lot of different colors, a lot of. I'll go back and look in some of those old, old fishing magazines and see what were the, you know, the colors then and what are the colors now. Uh -huh. And, you know, just try to, to it worked then. It's got to work now, man. Weird, like gold with the black stripes down the side that nobody, you'd think, wow, that I remember that bait. That was an old, you know, chugger bait or something. And bring it back in, it works. So we just try to, to give the, the guys what they want, you know, color-wise. Sometimes you can't please them all. There's Matt in the middle just looking at me because <laughs> he's always wanting something different. Something. Hey, we, we love to play with the, the color schemes, you know, uh, whether it's clear water, dirty water, you know, depends on the depth that you're, you know, fishing and the time of year also, you know. How do you, how do you, so the colors, I mean, I, I don't assume that those come in, like a, you get to mix them, or does it come yeah, pre-mixed? Yeah, we, we mix. There's a formula for each of our different colors that we've had for years. You know, okay. trial and error of how much of purple to put, and with the how many drops of black, and maybe just a touch of of brown or something to give 
just as an example, some strange grape color that we'd have that, you know, it it works. <laughs> we mix each, you know, in a small batch so the the colors try to stay true all the time. Yeah. A big, you know, just in case something gets mixed wrong, you haven't burnt through a whole lot of of uh, base material there. And, it keeps the the colors fresh. So, so you have like a cookbook you follow, or do you have all this now at this point in time, and you're like pretty much memorized? The, the paint, paint stuff is in my head. Some most of it now, but it, yeah, we have a list. There's a there's a, a magic list somewhere in there that you know Dad pulls it out every once in a while. And says, "Ah, oh, follow the directions." I am <laughs> old man. You know, I got it. But you know, he's it's amazing what uh, all of the the knowledge he's just picked up from all the guys in the in the water that that's how this became he he listened to what they wanted and that's what I'm trying to keep doing is listening to you guys and and uh you know it's it's fun it's it's a lot of fun doing it you know you get some satisfaction of this new bait that we've got out the goby I I actually caught a trout off the seawall using it so it is a proven bait if i can catch a trout <laughs> it uh it'll work but yeah it's it's fun fun going out and, and seeing people and hearing the stories and so does it actually look like a goby yeah yeah there a, from going fishing with matt down there one of the the fellas down there brought it to my attention and captain jerry captain okay jerry yeah. yeah and he sent me a picture of a half digested one and you know google is your friend man google goby well, yeah, goby and blennies are on the oyster reefs, so you yeah. know if trout feed on reefs, it kind of yeah. you know it makes sense. To, yeah. yeah, and you know it's it's an it's just listening to the guys. You know, I went back and said, "Dad, look at you know, look at this." And he said, <laughs> "Come here." <laughs> so I haven't seen it. Is it? I there's, assume it's a smaller. Uh, is it? There's one on the wall over there, okay. isn't there? Do we still got any gobies left? Oh, there they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a rattle in the in the lead head inside and a sharp hook. Jerry, Mister Flounder, pulled one out of a flounder, and uh, he loves his flounder. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, he's a machine when he comes. Well, there goes there, <laughs> there goes. That must have been the last one. There. It's going on the rack. Yeah, or no, they sold uh, it. It's going in the bag. All right, going Yay. out the door. Raw team flying <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh. That's the story of the lure business there, though. There's, it's fun. I mean, it. there's always somebody, you know, lurking in the background trying to see what you're doing. But, you know, it's just business. Yeah. There's the, yeah, there's one right there. You can kind of see the. Arthur just brought us one. To we, um, for the longest time, to it was easier. I want to say easier, but it was, it was, uh more economical to shoot either clear plastic or pearl plastic because I can airbrush those many different colors. I can do a whole 200 broken bags and I can do them all clear with different color inserts uh-huh. and then different paints on the backs and the bellies and give you, instead of 200 of the same color, if I did purple, purple plastic, the way this machine works, it you have to clear it. Otherwise, it's going to burp some plastic in clearing it you have to do an actual run yeah and you're wasting yeah yeah, you're i don't and we try not to waste anything we recycle as much as we can yeah uh, of the different colors uh regrind all the all the scraps so very little waste um yeah it's it's uh imagine you you mentioned you have satisfaction when you get feedback from customers and you make them a lure and the it's proven to work, but imagine there's also a lot of satisfaction when you're going out yourself personally. Yeah, you know, like I, I created this thing that's, and I'm catching fish with this thing that I created. I imagine that's pretty. It's it's fun. Yeah, it is. It's uh, I can't remember the last time I actually bought a lure, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not allowed to fish with live bait either. So I usually go and buy croakers and set them free. So <laughs> Let them go. Yeah, go find Nemo. That's where you should be. Uh, <laughs> just kidding all you croaker guys you <laughs> keeper <laughs> we're gonna wade into a hot hot button issue here i think no 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 hey, save a trout eat a croaker <laughs> so matt yes sir let's get to you um how often are you using <coughs> brown lures 
Um, Actually, those are Steve's lures. Steve's lures. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Steve Steve's <laughs> lures. I use them uh, all the time from a variety of applications. Whether you know, currently right now, if we're fishing the surf, I'm throwing them. Throw the b- broken backs in the bay too. But right now, what the hot bait is for me, uh, right after the shad spawn, um, everybody. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you about the fish kill in Matagorda that was mostly shad here in a little bit. But, you know, the shad came in and spawned and, and whatnot, so we have a lot of shad in the bay right now. So what I'm throwing, um, especially on the calmer days, is the little bug-eye junior, which is about the same size as a shad and uh, really imitates it well. And it's a stealthy bait. It's kind of a finesse top water. You know, there's not a lot of rattle, there's not a lot of clacking, and that's what's going to draw that big fish to strike it. And so, um, what what about Steve's lures do you, I mean, do, why is that your, seem to be your go-to? What is it about those lures that you, that you like? I've always, you know, I started throwing them probably 18 years ago, um, and what I like about them is that when a fish hits it, it has, it's not a hard bait. You know, it's a soft bait. And I think that those fish hold on to it a little longer. And if you miss the fish, then it's more susceptible to try to come back and get it being a softer bait. Because it felt natural. Because it felt natural, exactly. Yeah. Yes, sir. Steve, what's what's the deal with, what's the... You know, the type of plastic that you use, you know, there's some plastic baits that cannot withstand, you know, several trout bites or pinfish bites. But, yeah. you, know, the, you know, the deteriorates or breaks off. But So what is it about the plastic that, that you use that's that's able to withstand the, all we've, these? We've been using things. the same manufacturer for plastic, the same producer for shoot, since the beginning. That's, he actually... How Dad found this, they were, uh, he and he worked for the airport. He worked for the Federal Aviation Administration as a radar technician. And there was a controller that was on the top floor that kept breaking the stuff that he had to fix. And they got to know each other and started fishing together. And they would pop and cork and live shrimp, man. And anything, they, they were good, too. His gentleman's name was Bill Norton. I think you've heard of or yeah. lures. That's yeah. Bill with okay. my dad worked together, and they're coming. All their catch, they would catch. They would sell their bycatch to like Guidos and Pier Twenty One to make their gas money and take the rest home and feed the family. And uh, they got a year where they couldn't get any bad year for shrimp. Man, they had to do something, and they were flipping through one of those field and stream or, you know, sports field on old sporting goods, you know, uh, fishing magazines before there was fishing magazines. And they saw this hot plate in a it was MF out of Dallas, and you could make your own bass worms. And he was like, man, we could make our own plastic shrimp. Because at the time there was one out. It was called Boone. It was a little bitty short, but the Boone tout tail. And they uh, basically, like I said, found that plaster cast mold, that very first one, and it just grew and grew from there. And they'd be out catching, boom, 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 and just knocking them out. The guys didn't have any bait. They're like, what are you fishing with? And, ah, I've got these. I'm, but where'd you get them? From the garage. <laughs> Can I get some? <laughs> and it just grew from there. And like I said, that first, uh, it was the Marburger Miller Lite GCCA tournament, I think. And uh, golly, I think it was 19, it was late 70s, early 80s. So I, was, I think I had just started driving. And Bubba pulled that boat up. It's like, man, that's the stuff right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just grew from there. Mr. Pete Tanner, he was uh, really influential on on uh, the Corky. You know, Dad's first soft plastic suspender, and uh, his son wanted a a uh, soft plastic zero spook. And Dad said, well, shoot, I'll try to do something. And, and uh, he finally, you know, they were out fishing with this thing. And, and uh, man, started catching big trout on it. And then, you know, Mr. Wallace, of course, he was 
down there. In fact, there's one of Mr. Wallace's fish. If anybody wants to come see one, come by K6. One of his better mounts was given to me by Mr. Jim Lavelle. He drove that up here, and that's one from Trinity. It's about an eight-and-a-half-pounder. Beautiful mount. But, uh, yeah, Jim caught that big fish in Baffin, and my mom and dad were actually out of town at the time. There was before cell phones, and people knew where I worked. Man, my phone started blowing up at work. Like, what in the world's going on? I finally checked my message, and somebody said, go get the newspaper. So we cut the newspaper, and there it was in the paper. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't wait for them to get back from out of town. They came home, and in between the storm door and the their uh, their front side door where the, the, in the house was just full of all kinds of, of uh, news clippings and, you know, uh, telegraphs and stuff from from guys around and then letters and notes and stuff it was it was very neat it was but man it was gangbusters after, after that, that yeah. <laughs> how long did it take your dad and 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 whoever was involved in the final um corky product man there's, yeah. there's really not a final well it, it keeps evolving <laughs> <laughs> you know i guess from the original idea to the point of Oh, of it man. becoming so so popular with this with this fish here. Oh oh gosh, it was five you know six years, and they've still. I mean, from the first one that we ever poured to the one that's on the market now, there's you know cosmetic changes. I can pretty much if you have an old one in your box, I can look you can at look it at it and, and go. And I think I may have poured that one. <laughs> 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 yeah, there was a time when uh, Dad was. Has uh, beaten cancer's butt, and, and uh, gosh, it was 2000 that I was over there pouring during the daytime. His mom and I just trying to make just it keep happen. It up. Yeah, so, but he's good. He's he's 83 and goes out in the kayaks by himself. Of course, there's a troubling motor on the back end of the kayak, but yeah, he he tours up down by you guy and and catches a few trout and. A few redfish and puts back to the house and cleans them when they have them for lunch. So he's he's living large. Uh, and so now you're 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 full time. I, I go down there on the weekends. Uh, the stop the shop is still at their house, which is another benefit of getting out of Houston. For you know, they, it was funny. They went to uh, when Mr. Tanner passed away. They came in on a Saturday, and I worked because Mr. Pete said, "Ah, oh, you know, work when I go, I'll go." Well, they. They went into town and said, we'll be back about 6. I said, all right. Well, about 3.30, they showed back up at the house in Lake Charles. I said, what happened? <laughs> My dad came in and goes, whatever it takes, I'll help you move all the machinery back to Houston. I was like, no, we ain't going that way. We're coming this way. <laughs> he says, how do you do that? I said, this is a Saturday. They, they just can't do the traffic anymore. And yeah. It's it's fun over there. You know, you got mom and dad there. The water's out back. You take a break. You don't walk outside and look at the street. You, you walk outside and go, I think that was redfish. You run inside and grab the pole and <laughs> chunk something out there in front of it and try to catch it, and then go back to work. So it's all it's all all the pouring's done on on weekends. Yeah, I go down there usually Friday evening. I'll I'll head down there and. and uh, so how many can you knock out on a, on an average weekend? Um, broken backs. I usually do about twenty to twenty four dozen. Um, I did eighteen hundred of the soft tails this past weekend. Six different, six different tails, four different colors, and about four each, uh, four pours of each. Um, depends on how badly she's screaming for. <laughs> <laughs> I want pink rattle flaps. Jeez, <laughs> uh, Louise, yeah, some of those colors. The first time we ever poured pink, I remember walking in and like, pink. Really, we got. Ain't nobody gonna buy pink. Nobody fishes with pink. <laughs> and all of a sudden, that's all we could. Everybody wanted pink. Of course, Matt's uh, our good friend Jesse. He had the uh, Captain Jesse sent so many people up there. My mama renamed one of the colors. Jesse, Jesse. said. Jesse said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you need? Jesse said, "I need this." Co-. Yeah, oh. we know it's up there on rack number two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the guys too are good, man. They're they're so loyal to my mom and dad. It's it's uh it's 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 awesome. It's uh it's good to hear that. Yeah, know? yeah. So what's uh you know what are some of the challenges in owning a lure company? 
Well, this yeah. that's an unfair question for me. I mean, man, I really all I had to do was flip the switch, man. I mean, it's my dad's reputation. The the baits speak for themselves. We, we just try to keep. The hardest part is trying to keep the quality up. You know, somebody's like, well, why don't you hire somebody? Well, can I trust that they're going to be exactly as much a stickler on quality and in, in per- keeping it perfect every single time? I can't. So, and that's that's your name in the game, man. That's, yeah. that's what you got. That's all you got. I mean, do you get some 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 help in putting hooks on or, you know, well, yeah, that's uh, we're looking that, at it. Yeah, yeah, she's my number one hooker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Arthur's our second. He's the number two hooker, but he doesn't hook as good as Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and that's legal hooking, if anybody wants to know. Yeah. yeah he used to kill me when I call my mom. Hey, what'd you do? Because she used to put the hooks on too, but she retired from being my number one hooker. Yeah, I said, Mom, don't say that over the phone. Yeah. Just in case they really are listening to our conversations. Because I used to sell out of the back of the truck, and, you know, I knew one day I was going to get popped by the cops going, all right, what are you selling out of the back of your truck? Oh, fishing lures, man. Can I put my hands down? Uh-huh. Strange parking lot deals. And, and uh, Sean's helped a lot. I sucked at mail order. Oh, I failed miserably. Oh, man. My mother, without without her being in that part of the business when they were in the house, and I, yeah, you need to have a whole separate room and a whole other person to sit yeah. and do all that. And in fact, you know, they got an online store here that you don't even have to come to Jamaica Beach if you don't want to. You can pretend you're there, sitting in your underwear in the in the, uh, in the middle of your den, and and uh, hey, I want to buy a broken back. Ooh, I need some shrimp tails. Let me go here, click, and then you're there. But yeah, Malin, it's expanded to. She's got stuff going out to Georgia and and North Carolina and and all up and down the coast. So, Sean, why don't you give them your, your website and kind of walk them through how they can order stuff from the shop here? Okay, our website is www.k6islandsports.com, and if you just go to our homepage and you click on Shop for Lures. Uh, we've got a wide selection, everything that Steve brings in, we have on there. We try to get most orders out within one to two days and we mail priority. So usually you get it within a day. Um, and as soon as he brings stuff in, I try to get it online. Although sometimes it takes me a day or two when he, <laughs> when he gives me a whole lot of stuff, <laughs> but everything should be out there. So that's an easy way to get a hold of the, you know, yeah, you, know you don't have to, if you're not on the island or you, yeah. you live out of state or somewhere, you know. It's a big help. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it's, I sucked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make good boxes. We have a lot more people ordering from all over the place, I think, now that we do have it online. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't have to meet you, you know, to get yeah. the baits. So. Well, that wasn't very nice. The coverage area has spread. What, they don't want to meet me? <laughs> Is that bad? No, I'm just kidding. So Matt, do you uh, you you just call up Steve when you when you want something, or how do you? How yeah, do you get pretty yours? much. Or he shows up. Yeah, <laughs> special <laughs> delivery to Matt. Uh, he takes me wade fishing when I tell him I don't wade. And do swaps. Yeah, he took me out, tried to kill me a couple weeks ago. Oh man, it wasn't that bad. Mud up to my knees, man. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you've seen me. I got a body made for radio. Uh, <laughs> uh, short, fat, and out of shape, man. It's not pretty me getting back in the boat either. Uh, at least he has a ladder. They got ladders. Yeah, a ladder, and the sides aren't that high on it. Yeah, the last one before that didn't have no ladder, and that was ugly. Nobody watch. This is going to get ugly. I'm climbing back in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you guys trained. Yeah. I remember last time you fished with me, uh, I, th- I think you forgot your thermals. Yeah, I didn't have uh, – I didn't um, – I wasn't expecting it to be that cold, and I got a little chilly. <laughs> it was a little cold, and I said, Shane, get your butt in the boat. Let's go catch him out of the boat. <laughs> yeah, I was glad the dog was there, man. Buddy stood right in front of me. I was like, oh, you can stay there all day long, dog. When we were running the boat, he was like a big, giant generator of heat. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I miss Buddy. Buddy, Buddy the Wonder Dog. Yeah, you'd love Buddy. Matt, how'd you do in the Texas Trio? 
Texas trio was pretty tough for us. We ended up uh, somewhere in the 20th position, which is not where we want to be. Uh, <laughs> I pre-fished for about four days um, prior to the tournament. Um, was on some pretty good redfish. Been on some really good redfish for a, a school for about a month, month and a half already. And uh, But they're just really not tournament winners. I mean, they're just good medium upper slots. You know, they're all 6'8", 6'10", 6'12", instead of, you know, 7s and 8s yeah. and 9s. So, um, you know, I ran around just – checking a bunch of stuff uh four days prior to we had been on some some big trout um the uh the week before was pretty confident we could get back to them um you know mr flounder jerry west uh he had the flounder hemmed up for us and uh so i went around looking for you know bigger reds and the day before i ran up in a place and i checked this spot and I get in there, and uh, we're kind of filling it out, trying to figure out where they're at. About an hour later, I find them. Um, there were some reds telling in front of a drain on a on a reef, and they're sitting there, and that little blue tail's just flapping at me, saying, "Come here, Captain, come here." So I fire one in there, hook one, get it all the way up to the boat. I swear his girth was 13, 14 inches wide, you know, just on one side. And, uh, you know, I think it was probably close to, to a nine-pounder. Um, he pulled off right at the boat, was fine with it, um, threw back in there. We popped a 26 and a quarter. That went seven, eight, seven pounds, eight ounces. Threw back in there, popped a 27 and a quarter that went seven, 12 so I felt pretty confident that we had, you know, some big enough redfish yeah. to uh, contend. Um, the next day, they they weren't there. You know, we got we got our keeper and we got our trio, but we just didn't get the get the fish we needed. But we redeemed ourselves the next weekend. I I fished the uh, Shriners tournament uh, with clients of mine, and my client called me and he said. Uh, you know, Matt, I'd really like to try to win a division. I said, okay. I said, well, let's go for the redfish division. And uh, we went back to uh, where that school of reds were and grinded it out. Uh, I didn't, really didn't have much confidence in it because the water looked like Yoo-Hoo. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just <laughs> dark. And uh, the worst I've seen it. And uh, I saw this uh, two goals on the north end of that uh, lake I'm fishing and uh, then all of a sudden I saw a swirl underneath it and I said alright guys I said we're going to go in there and so we uh, put the anchor out and fished four wide um, up against that shoreline and slowly but surely we just chipped away at them and managed to uh, scrape up 19 point six six pounds between three fish of course the girls on the boat caught them <laughs> <laughs> they outfished my guys but uh you know we ended up pulling it off we won 2500 bucks and five custom rods so nice not too bad for a day at the office no. we'll take it <laughs> especially no. on a you know i mean it was blowing 20 plus miles an hour that day and then uh, well, that wasn't blown. that long ago. Yeah, yeah, but last week, yeah, last, last Saturday. Yeah. It had blown southwest <laughs> for a couple of days before that and kind of really turned the water upside down. And most people struggled, but, you know, we just put our put our head down and grind it out. That's, that's what you got to do is persevere, you know, keep, keep looking and make it happen. So we just got through the good side of Tropical Storm Cindy. What do you think uh, – things are going to be like now that we got a lot of new water in, in the base i think it's going to be beneficial you know uh, uh i think that uh, a lot of the you know back lakes and stuff are 
are obviously going to get bulled up and, uh, you know, it's going to push some fish around. Um, I think all that salinity and filtering some of that stuff that doesn't get filtered that often, uh, it's going to be beneficial not only to the fish, but also for the uh, waterfa- waterfowl habitat and for duck hunting and stuff. So I'm pretty stoked on it. I got a little place that has a, a drain that I'm sure is probably quite a bigger drain <laughs> and it's going to keep a lot of water in one of my duck holes this year so oh, i'm excited about it it's crazy to think that till season is going to be here you know yeah two months september 9th. september 9th yeah i told wow. uh told my lingerie on the bay team i said uh yeah we'll do lingerie on on the bay on saturday and then sunday we'll go till hunt so. you know what else has happened september 9th um CCA is having their annual concert. I think it's at Sam Houston Raceway Park. They have uh, Roger Crager, Eli Young Band, Reckless Kelly, and one more, someone else. Slips my mind. But they got a pretty good lineup. So, after all that fishing and hunting, you can That's come it. party it up. That's it. <laughs> <Sounds> good. <laughs> Well, you know, the lower Colorado chapter is having their banquet, what is it, August 4th? Yeah, 3rd or 4th. It's a, that's that first uh, first week of August. Let's see if I got it on my calendar here. At the... Uh, the 3rd's a Thursday, the 4th's a Friday. It's one of those days. Yeah. Yeah, Bay City Civic Center, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll, I'll be at that one for sure. I encourage you guys to come out and support the chapter and... Uh, I think I'm going to be in the Guides Cup this year, so I'll be up for auction, too, and uh, y'all come support what we're trying to do down there. All right. I'll bid on that one. And then the Galveston Banquet, which uh, Sean and Steve are hope, hope plan on attending, is end of July. I think it's the 29th, Saturday, July 29th. We will be there. Yeah. Um. Hey, maybe we can auction off some some product. Hey, we could do that. I bet we could. I put together a box. Yeah, they do little here. surprise yeah. boxes, you know, yeah, silent auction something. or something like We're that. Always good for donations. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my team actually fished the spectacular this year and finished sixth. Sean made sure that I tell you that because she was <laughs> on the team. <laughs> <laughs> she was the only female, I think. Really? Yeah. How many how many uh, entrants are there in the? Uh, there's in about forty teams. Wow, a week. Yeah, That's solid. Yeah, it's good when he's David's been doing that for quite a while, and uh, David Salinas, and it's it's a fun one. Out of usually out of top water, and uh, it was a good turnout this year. Good. Turnout. Almost everyone used broken bags. Yeah, really? lots, of, lots of broken bags used to that one. Thank goodness, we like that. <laughs> well, Steve, you got anything? Any tricks up your sleeve? Any? any no, just any, keep any watching. Well, you know, we'll never know when we bring something else new because you know I keep picking Dad's brain. That bug eye came from uh, a friend of ours that had been peacock bass fishing down in in uh, South America. One of those you know dream trips that you you know wait a year to go on, and he brought this hard plastic bait back and actually sent us an email with a video of this thing and it was all in portuguese i was trying to uh we were trying to that's like what are they saying i was like i don't speak <laughs> portuguese man but let's watch this it's a beautiful so, language but i don't know yeah, what they're that saying. was pretty it's good <laughs> keep saying it turn it up yeah but we just you know we watched it and 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 uh we went down to the shop and and uh took a while for it to be where it is now i mean that's not the that's not what it looked like at the beginning so there's many variations of many different things that are still up there in the in the cabinets that yeah it's uh you know time is right well like you say never stop like like zoolander i shouldn't even be talking about this right now i've had a personal (laughs) saying throughout my life that if you're not evolving you're just revolving so yeah yes yeah what these guys do with these baits you know i got it i got okay so which are your product? Walk through your products, and or maybe Matt could do this. But talk about fishing different types of the year, and what you prefer using in each 
in each season, so spring, summer, fall, winter. Do um, you change that up much? I mean, I, th- I throw the broken back uh, year-round. Um, throw it a lot during the wintertime when we're looking for big fish. Uh, we're just kind of in different areas, you know. We're, we're more susceptible to be in, in, in deep mud and on shell and whatnot. Uh, during the wintertime and then uh, during the summertime, you know, we're generally on the, or the springtime, we're generally on the, you know, south shoreline and, and fishing uh, different uh, different areas, whether it's sandy or grassy or, you know, sometimes even muddy. Um, but what we, uh, what I like to do is, is like I said, that bug eye, uh, this time of year, I really like that junior because it looks really natural like a shad. Um, and then it also floats, you know. Um, the broken back is more of a sinker and a twitch bait. Um, so it's just different presentations with uh, some of the various baits that they got. And uh, I'm trying to help Steve create um, or weight. Um, a broken back and and, and uh, develop a fast sinker, so you could actually work it faster when you're fishing deeper water, yeah, or fishing it out of the boat and stuff like that um, during the uh, in the surf and stuff. So we're we're working together on uh, you know modifying some stuff and and doing some stuff also. Um. You piqued my interest a moment ago. You talked about shad and the and the fish kill in Matagorda. Yeah, uh, there, you know, there's always uh, media hype every year. You know, these uh, pogies come in and they come into the mouth of the jetties right there at the Colorado River, and um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of fish around them. I mean, the fish just start gorging on them. Uh, a year ago, I filmed uh, a school of big reds just busting them. I mean, it was just freaking awesome. I mean, everywhere you look, you just see reds boiling. Um, but these pogies come in every year, and what happens is they deplete the oxygen because there's so many of them, and then they start dying off. And, um, you know, all my I, I had several customers call me, hey, what's going on in Matagorda, you know? We're up here in Caldwell or Dimebox or wherever, you know, There's I, I hear something about a fish kill. And, you know, some other game fish do die, um, but for the majority, it's just the shad that die off. Yeah. You know, I think one guy scooped up a like a six or seven pound trout, you know, and it's just because of depleted oxygen, you know, and it. Like I said, it happens every year. It makes the news, and it's not good for business. Fishing is great. Come on down. Come fish with me. We'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I uh, emailed Parks and Wildlife, and they com- they pretty much confirmed it was that area. Like you said, every, just about every year. Yeah. During the spawn, there's a low do event. Fish kill doesn't affect fishing because uh, you know the auction comes back real quick, and it's not a big deal. It wasn't red tide, or wasn't anything that's going to stick around for a long happened time. For yeah. a million years, yeah. every year, yeah, it happens. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's. You know, I try to explain to people when they they ask me about it. It's almost like the salmon when the, you know up north in Alaska. You know, they go up the rivers, they spawn, and they die. You know, it's it's pretty much the the same kind of scenario, um, in my opinion. Anything new in Matagorda? Uh, coastal barbecue. We got a barbecue joint now. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I, think I saw I that on I, Facebook. I haven't been there yet. I'm I'm looking forward to trying it. Yeah. Uh, the uh, previous uh, bait camp owner uh, Russell Hicks and his wife uh, Brandy uh, just opened that up, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, I've got new. They've got new owners that. Uh, at uh, River Bend, um, they're an awesome group. Um, food's still great. Service is great. Um, they're 
doing live music in there again like they did back in the 80s and oh cool so yeah it's uh you know the town is has grown substantially uh in the last couple of years and uh i mean it's kind of nice to have you know some of those uh amenities down there you know to uh utilize and whatnot but uh, the crowd's gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would have stayed up here in Galveston. <laughs> That's why we left Galveston. Yeah, you know, it's 15 just fifteen years ago. We're not making any more beaches, <laughs> and, but we're making a lot more people. I'm so it's you. just uh, that one's not going away. You know what I would like to see the state do is uh, is 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 kind of like what they did with hunter safety. Um, and 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 make it to where if you were born past a certain age, you have to go take a you know a boater safety course. And I think I think there might be something you, like you are, that. Yeah, but yeah, there is a boater's education course. <clears throat> I don't know people. I don't know how effective know, it is, but there is one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's. I think you're probably speaking to etiquette. Yeah. And I guess safety as well, but probably mostly etiquette. Etiquette. Yeah, it doesn't apply only to the French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an issue. And, and you've got different users with different types of equipment, um, which adds another wrinkle into yeah, that. Brother, they're not going to let you off the elevator so they can get on. Do you think they're going to not buzz you in the bay with the jet ski? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's, not, it's not the jet skis. It's just, just I don't I know, know, man. I mean, it's. Just kind of yeah. retarded, you know. I mean, well, you I, were wondering where your redfish went. I was going to probably tell you where they went, but uh. <laughs> well, not too many people know about that little okay. spot. It's <laughs> back up in the back, back <laughs> where the boys go quack, quack. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I've even thought that maybe some areas should be uh, kind of a refuge and like a kind of like a no-wake zone, um, you know, and kind of help keep the fish in a certain spot, you know, like an idle zone only, you know. Um, there's a place. Like a no-harassment zone. Well, I mean, there's a place in Matagorda that's called the Oyster Farm, and it's, you know, it's surrounded by reefs, and people run their boat through there when fishermen are in there, and that place used to just have a tremendous amount of grass in it, and it just has nothing left anymore, you know. And, um, you know, I think just implementing some stuff like that would help, you know. The state's considering um, this really has nothing to do with boating except for, um, I guess it would apply to commercial boats, but considering making sanctuaries or refuges for um oysters so in like a no harvest in christmas uh, bay I, I no think, harvest in st charles that sort of thing i, I think which it will, should happen which will um at the you know it'll help protect those reefs and it'll keep those reefs from being disturbed which will obviously help game fish that associate right. it with those reefs so um that's a pretty interesting um change in the way that that they've historically managed mm-hmm. commercial fisheries so with exception to the shrimp, because they do have nursery zones for shrimping where, you know, shrimp boats can't go into areas like Keller Bay is one where they can't mm-hmm. shrimp in Keller Bay. Well, I mean, so that'll be interesting to watch, see how that, see how that, uh, if, if that passes, what, what effects that has. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember, you know, I grew up in northeast Texas, and I remember, you know, it, on some of the lakes up there, you know, around the parks and stuff, they would have those buoys, you know, where it's a, it's a it's a swimming zone, it's, and yeah. why not have it for, like, a fishing zone, you know? And if you're going to come in here, you have to idle, you know, instead of running, you know, wide open and almost hurting somebody and scaring all the fish off. You know? No, it's uh, I, I think I've heard that sort of um, argument, but not with that sort of logic. I mean, yeah. does that make... You could say there's a biological component or there's a science. If someone did a study right. on that, there's a scientific component to that. So right. That's the kind of stuff that, like, Parks and Wildlife would need to help support decisions like that because there has to be some sort of science involved with their decision. Uh, 
well, making with the fisheries, at least. Try it in East Matagorda Bay. Let, <laughs> Let that be the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's interesting. Well, Steve, do you have any, any anything else you want to share with the listeners uh, about your lures or um, – just come on down here, you know, if you want to see him in person. Sean's got a wall full down here at K6. And, uh, you know, just stay tuned. We're always putting something out in all the kinds of different colors. That's the beauty of being me and having just this little shop is that I can make, I have to make the pink ones because she keeps screaming pink. But then I could, you know. I can bring some purple ones in, you know. There's, there'll be, it always happens. I'll say, I want to try this new design, this new color. And when I make them, when I make broken bags, they're in a dozen. There's a rack that holds 12. And I'll make 12 of this. Limited edition. Yeah, this color. And I get stopped coming on, when I leave Lake Charles, I'll get stopped in Bridge City, Winnie, yeah. Baytown. You know, sometimes it takes me five hours to get home on a two-and-a-half-hour trip because they say, hey, man, where you at? And I'll get home, and that gummit, I should have made more than that 12. They're already <laughs> gone. I don't even have one for myself. So, yeah, it's it, – that's the fun part is, you know, looking at – I was trying to see chartreuse. There's nothing I've never – would you eat anything that came out of the water that was chartreuse colored? No. But then I looked up anchovy on google google's your friend man google image there's a there's a, there's a chartreuse color it's purple is chartreuse it's purple that yeah. lsu colored yeah chartreuse yeah. actually uh penetrates uh water depth the, the gobies i was looking at the pictures of the gobies there's a goby that's yeah. a hot head it's got an orange head and a pearl white body i'm like well that explains why hot heads were so yeah i, yeah. I may have said it said it last time i was on the show but you know i i challenge my customers to think you know i, I really work one-on-one -on -one with them and take them underneath my arm and and uh you know coach them and and whatnot and so one of my questions uh with my artificial guys i tend to ask is and like i said i'm challenging them to think is i'll ask them is why is that tail green on that plastic and they'll sit there. I'll let them think about it for an hour or so. And I said, guys, next time you go to Buddy Seafood and get your fresh shrimp, look at the tail of that shrimp, and you'll see that chartreuse in there. And that's how you know that shrimp is fresh and uh, and whatnot. And, they, man, they go, damn, you're right, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> then I tell them I pay attention for a living. Yeah. <clears throat> but, I think you uh, said if it doesn't work at first, listen to your guide or something yeah. like that. <laughs> But first, you don't succeed. Try try doing what your captain told there you, you the first time. That's it. You guys need to go fish with Matt if you hadn't fished with Matt. He's he's fun. Come see Sean over here at K Six Sports. Get loaded up on corkies and stuff, and then come see me, and I'll show you. How to show use you how to use them. Yeah. Now, that sounds like a good plan. I can vouch for um, I can vouch for that. So, if somebody wanted to make a special order, should they contact Sean? Yes. And say, Sean, I need. Two dozen of these, and she can put the order into you. And well, do if it up. if I've made that color before, you know, right, okay. I can't. Uh, some people's idea of, and, yeah, the, yeah, and then uh, these people make up goofy names for them. I don't know. It's it's colors top to bottom. I don't know where they can put these. I like their names. Just I'm not that creative. <laughs> I'm just the I'm just the monkey that punches the button, man. And uh, no, nah, it's just yeah, get all her and. She'll, uh, she'll get a hold of me, and uh, we'll make it happen. Cool. So you, they can come to the shop here yeah. on, in Jamaica yeah. Beach or cases on sports.com, right? Right. Repeat that. So. Okay. We'll also be glad to help you guys and let you know what the, you know, pick colors out. If you don't know how to pick colors out, which ones are working in what areas. Okay. Uh, we generally tend to know all that information because we have a lot of people coming through that are fishing, you know. So you've got reports. You could. Yeah, I've yeah. got the fishing report here every day for sure. Awesome. Yeah, with awesome. the uh, soft plastics that we've made, up, you know, my dad said, what are you doing? You're going backwards. I said, but, you know, these are more for, like, people are starting out. You get ten bucks, you can get ten different fishing lures. You, know, just, you can pick. We're gonna have a like a, a worm bar type. Yeah. Like the old days. You don't need ten of the same color of the same bait. 
get three of these and two of these, you know, mix and match and put them in your little baggie and go about your bay. Well, it's, it's great for the locals here that are, yeah. you know, fishing the lights and stuff. Come in and get you yeah. ten of them and, you know, figure out which one they're hitting that night underneath the lights. Yeah. Easy, easy. Plus, you know, the young kids and stuff, you know, once you're just getting into it. That or give them to a five-year-old, and they'll run around playing with them all day long. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pick some up here when we press the stop button on this. So. Good luck, man. Appreciate it. No, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for doing this. Uh, y'all have any anything you want to close it out with? Just keep fishing. Be safe out there, bud. All right. Come see me, Captain Matthew David. C-A-P-T, com telephone number 832-549-8183. Um, practice uh, etiquette on the water, guys. Uh, be safe, you know. I tell my clients, when in doubt, go slow. Also, if you're headed to West Bay out of uh, the Diversion Channel, that channel has changed, guys and you really need to be careful going through there right now. Um, I think that's about all I got. All right, fellas. Appreciate it. Practice practice catch and release, and and don't don't soak croakers. (laughs) And with that. Don't get you a corky. (laughs) Free the the croakers. Free the croakers. Don't get you a broken back.